Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with the Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Samra Singer. And today I have the great pleasure of welcoming back Benjamin. Benjamin was my guest a few weeks ago. Um, he talked about his history of addictions. Um, he, he suspects he has an addictive personality, which is, which is brought out by experiences in his life. Um, he has had a history of going to institutions, some quite traumatic. Um, and we did touch on the what survivors, um, an institution which is based outside the jurisdiction of the United States. Um, so this today, Benjamin wants to talk about um, his 20s when he was the, the years between 20 and, well, maybe actually up to the present day. We'll see how much time we have. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to let Benjamin now carry on um, and talk as he wishes. So welcome, Benjamin. Please, please continue the story. All right. Thank you, Duncan. Uh, yeah, so we'll get, pick up in my 20s because in 2009, I was 21. I moved to a different state. And um, all that stuff that happened before that we previously talked about with the TBI and that could be where the paranoia really started. Um, it's It kind of just got amplified as my 20s went on. Um so I moved up in 21. Oh, Benjamin, what was that acronym, TBI? What was that again? Oh, traumatic brain injury. Okay, traumatic brain injury. Yeah, I had one I had one when I was 18, and uh, that's where I really couldn't trust anybody anymore. I couldn't trust a soul. Couldn't even trust myself. The paranoia was bad. Um, so... Uh, I was 21, moved up, and the addiction stayed with me, um, but it was just alcohol. I stopped doing drugs. I thought alcohol is the legal one, the socially acceptable one. No one has a problem with an alcohol. Uh, well, I didn't know I was alcoholic at the time, but, you know, I didn't see there being a problem with alcohol. Uh, but at 21 years old, I had my first rehab and my first uh, stint in prison because of alcohol, so it it was uh, it was trouble from the beginning. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, so I don't know what happened with my screen, but I'll just go with it. Um, so alcohol was an issue, um. And then after I got out of uh, prison, I started a new job. Um, everything was going good. I was in my early 20s. Um, it was sales and marketing, which I, I love because it, it just fed the addiction. Every time you get a sale, it's like feeding the addiction all over again. So I, I really enjoyed the, the high energy of that job. And that's uh, where I met my ex at the time as well was at that job. And um, to boil things down, uh, I had my a good job. I had my girlfriend at the time who I thought long-term relationship with. And we had a baby on the way. Um, I lost all three back to back to back. Um and uh, it, it crushed me pretty hard. Um, but that's something that I 
that made me go close into the hole even more so. So I thought I was opening up about myself and my life, and I thought everything was getting better, and it just fell apart again. So that just amplified the uh, the paranoia, the, the, the world's against me, the uh, isolation. I went into isolation. I stopped communicating. No social media. I wouldn't even barely talk to my parents. I just really isolated and drank from that point on. And I, I was helping my parents who had a liquor store. So I was helping them work that store. That was my job at the time. Um, but I just skip over one point I want to make. Um, back when I had my ex, before we knew she was pregnant, we uh, were walking down the green of Yale, of New Haven, and um, we were walking to a club, and on the way to the club, some, like, homeless older lady said, it's going to be a beautiful, uh, healthy boy, and uh, thought nothing of it at, until a couple weeks later, we realized she was pregnant, and then we put it together, uh, remembering of this time. So it's pretty interesting to me that this this would appear to be homeless lady. Yeah. I can't tell you if she was or not. But this older lady in the middle of the night walking past us in the middle of the green just saying it's going to be a healthy baby boy. And was, it, was, it was a boy. Was your girlfriend noticeably pregnant? We didn't know she was pregnant yet. It wasn't noticeable yet. Um, I think she was getting morning sickness. But just she, starting to. So you didn't actually know, and 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 this and this woman predicted it correctly. Without yeah, correct. even, yeah. It was yeah, it that, was a weird experience. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of like, uh, you know, I think um, if she was homeless, that kind of makes sense because when you're homeless, you're completely natural. You know, you're not you're in survival mode, so your mind is completely relaxed and natural you know you're, you're doing everything by instinct so she's instinctual so whatever knowledge she had about it was just instinctual so do you know what i mean it's like if any any way it could have been like some sort of spiritual knowledge it would have been easier to come from her the fact you know not compared to some sort of executive where they're calculating in their mind homeless yeah. person's just do you know what i mean natural I got what you're saying with that, Aunt. Yeah, that makes sense to me because they're they're living in the moment. They're not exactly worried about that. other things going on. They're living exactly. in what's happening around them at all times. And uh, there are experiences where I had that myself, where I got in that situation, especially when I was younger, where I could um, I could read the atmosphere. I guess you would say, rather than the room, I could read the energy or of a specific situation and be able to adapt and to modify according to whatever the situation calls for. And it's, it's almost like a, um, six, seven, premonition, but pre like a predisposition to understanding more of, like you say, the natural, um, natural energy. Yeah. That I can do that as well. I can sense the energy in a room. Um, you know, I think I, I understand what you say, what you're saying there, but that is definitely that I can sense. Like, if you go into a temple, a temple feels really calm. You know, like or, or like an old church, it feels really calm because people have been 
religiously treating it as sacred. So it has a very calm energy. So I think I think you know you can pick certain people can pick up on those sorts of things. Yes, I I do find that too. Is um, ever since I was a kid, I would do um, grounding techniques. Of course, I never heard of grounding techniques before until I started rehabs, and they talk about this stuff and uh, and Buddhism and Buddhism with the the mindfulness and meditation. But I would self trance is what I call it. Um, so there's a couple ways I could do it. But basically what I was doing was calming my state of mind and everything in me was calming down. And I was better able to understand exactly what was going on. Um, yeah. So one of the ways I used to do it, instead of counting backwards from 10 or counting to 10, I would count to 10 by doing 1, 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, all the way up just to slow things down. Um, and that was a way. And there was also another form of self-meditation was the song. Do you know the song, This Little Light of Mine? That old jingle, This Little Light of Mine. No, I'm not I, don't, sure. I don't know. It's, it's an older uh, kid's song here. Um, but uh, I used to sing it to myself. And I'd have my finger like this. Again, referring to the shining, um, just uh. my finger moving like this was was like um transferring the energy to my finger to my brain or back and forth i was picking up on signals and i was getting everything aligned with yes. with my mind and body yeah so we talked about this online about the shining and how it's a representation of psychosis what was what was your take on that yeah, but when it comes to The Shining, I think Stephen King and Stanley Kubrick are on some sort of level. They're, they, they, I, I believe they know exactly what they're doing. The way they portrayed it, both in the books and the movies, um, they both have a complete understanding of what a visualization looks like, what a um, psychological mindset would look like, where, where it comes to. Um, uh, and in the shining specifically comes to the building having the shining so i think certain places can carry like you say a church has a calmness to it but you go into a place let's say it's an indian burial ground it's going to have an energy there and if you're in touch with yourself and in touch with nature you'll be able to feel that energy and that energy will transfer through you into the land itself and it, it helps uh, pick, it, it helps the person pick up what's going on in their environment. Definitely, definitely. That's why I think, um, you know, being in nature is very healing um, because nature is all about regrowth, you know, growing new shoots, um, about nurturing life. So I think if you're in touch with nature, you can, it's healing for the body and spirit. You know, I, I, I definitely feel that. Yeah, I know. I know. Out in nature, I feel at peace. Yeah. Um, even in the dark, I don't feel spooked out necessarily. I'm more spooked yeah. out in the city than yeah. I am out in nature. Mm. Um, I feel like there's more danger in the city than nature. Nature is just going about doing its everyday thing. Exactly. Every night thing. Yeah, nature's not malicious, is it? 
you know, like in, in the city, sometimes it's a bit, yeah, I, like you say, it's a, it's, it can be a bit intimidating. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I think, we were going off the shining in the environment, and I think that's really what's healthy is being able to, so we talked, we covered it over several things. So um, being in touch, like the homeless woman, she has nothing going on but what's happening in the now. So that's important, to be able to get your mindset into the now. And then in in an environment, is also important because there are some environments that you can't settle down. You, you're, you're on the lookout. You're always looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And if, if that's going on, sometimes you can get premonitions that way. Like I, I'm a very anxious person. I don't know mm-hmm. if I come across that way or not, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very anxious. So when my anxiety rises, I can actually sense things going on behind or around me uh, to a different degree. Now, I, I can't act properly, um, whereas if my mindset slows down and I'm able to take control of my body and my mind, then I can make a, the right moves at that time. It's easier for me to do such. When my anxiety is high, I'm more alert. Like my body's running on systems that, what is it called? The peripheral—what's uh, um, uh, the terminology? The peripheral system, or something like that. Is it? Um, yeah. Um, but uh, it gets—it's yeah. what gets the blood going. It's what gets the eyes dilated. It's what gets the sweat going. Adrenaline. Yeah, all that—that that system with, yeah. with the adrenaline combined gets yeah. me into a high alert system so that I can react. The thing with it is most of the time I don't need to react. There's no reason to react. And my mind goes into that heightened state for what appears no reason. Um, so being able to calm that down and calm the system down and calm everything down gives me a clear picture of what's going on around me. Yeah, and um, so the anxiety is good if it's a high stress situation. You need the anxiety, you need the adrenaline, you need the endorphins, you need all that going on. But for the most part, in women in our society today, ninety nine percent of the time, you don't you don't need that. There's not a tiger chasing me right now. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. so it's it's like we we're built up this system that's been built into us over the millennia that uh, humans have been alive to mm-hmm. keep ourselves alive, that mm-hmm. system isn't necessarily needed anymore. And yeah. it's the people who can avoid getting that system going that end up being so connected to the universe. They have that calm sense about them that they have this understanding that baffles people, like they know something that others don't. You know, you know I, I think... Um... If the next stage for our Earth civilization is to, like you say, is to allow the communal energy of everybody to be as calm as nature, because eventually that will be no stress. People will be naturally happy, you know, in tune with nature, and that means we're looking after nature, but and we're also in tune with it, um, and we have that calm, you know, nice, happy, content 
um, energy. You well, know? here comes my conspiracy hat. So the powers to be don't want us in that state. They want us chasing the money. They yeah, want to yeah. about all the little yeah. things, where we're getting our next yeah. meal from. They yeah. want to have that control of us because if we operate mm -hmm. on that system, we can be controlled. Yeah. If we're operating on the natural system like you're talking about, yeah. what, what, what can they do? They can't control uh -huh. us. We're living mm -hmm. fine. We're doing just all right. Yeah. There's no, no reason for them to be it's, it's strange because you would think they would want a peaceful planet, you know, a happy, peaceful planet. But like you say, I think some people don't understand. They don't understand, do they? They don't comprehend what we're talking about. They don't. They can't actually understand what we're talking about. So they they just they just want to see their bank account. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's we're trained from that from when we were born. Um, one thing I learned being in prison, and I I, I left school in ninth grade. I couldn't do school. I, and it wasn't an intelligence thing. I took my SATs when I was ninth grade education and scored higher than everybody who's a senior. So I, it wasn't an intelligence thing. I just couldn't deal with the systems and structures that go into modern day schooling. And what I learned being in prison, there's a reason they call it con college. They use the term college for a reason. It's not because after high school you go there. It's because there a lot of things that go on in prison you're taught when you're in school mm -hmm. you're taught to be a good little soldier good little boy good little girl and follow mm -hmm. these systems and structures and don't ask questions and uh just go with the flow and do as we say and don't do as we do and all those little aspects of it are very common and um it's even to the point uh where they said a, a school and a prison are the same building if you go into a school building and into a prison building, a lot of the rooms and dorms and things, it looks like a dorm looks like a school cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Very little windows, very big hall, very uh, bright lights, um, very thick walls. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like they, they train us as kids to um they train us as kids just to be to follow yeah follow, follow. follow. yes yeah thank you yeah, yeah i know you mean they, they train it's, it's like i noticed that um that when you're young you know, at school you, you've got no fear but as you as you turn into that adult suddenly everything changes do you know what i mean everybody changes um and life just becomes a bitch you know, um, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And anyway, Benjamin, let's let's get back to your story. Okay. Um, so you so have lost... I... Yeah, go on, go on, carry on. We're in my 20s, and I, I lost the... This is early 20s, so 24, I lost the job. We lost the baby on birth, and uh, I, left, I lost the girlfriend. All because of alcoholism was involved, and my alcoholic tendencies... And my drinking were far, they ruined a lot of stuff. I, I, I couldn't get a hold on life. I was, so, I was so deep in alcohol that that was my life. That was my self-medication, which I learned last schizophrenia. A lot of people rely on nicotine and alcohol for their relief 
for their yeah. self-medication. You'll get a yeah. lot of homeless schizophrenia that are just drinking to block this out because this mm-hmm. can get uh, it can get messy at times. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, and, uh, uh, yeah. The drink can smoke as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned. Um, it's a, it's about five years now. Um, when I was thirty, so let me backtrack. So twenty four, all that happened. So I just continued drinking. Um, I already had my first and second DUI when I was twenty one. Now I'm twenty six, twenty seven. I get my third and fourth DUI. It seems whenever I'm going to court for one DUI, I get another DUI while I'm going to court. So the lawyers don't appreciate that, and uh, neither does the judge. Um, so this time I had a three-year sentence. I spent a year in jail, in prison, and then uh, a year house arrest, and then countless years on probation. But so the, the, these offenses were related to drinking, right? All my all my uh, time is due to DUIs. That's drinking under the influence. Yeah. Driving under the influence, isn't it? Yes. Driving under the influence. Driving under the influence. And um, there's a, I don't even think they have DWI anymore because it was the exact same thing. It's driving while intoxicated mm-hmm. instead of under the influence. It's all the same now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did my time in prison... I got out, I did a year house arrest, um, parole, and the day I got off parole, I was back at the liquor store. So that was a huge sign for me to wake myself up. I realized I I had major issues and I needed something to figure this out because if I kept going the way I was going, I wouldn't be here. Mm. Um, So this is... 30 years old, it finally clicks for me. And this is also where it finally clicks for me. I was first diagnosed schizophrenia, bipolar, ADHD when I was 18 after the TBI. Um, Now I'm 30 years old and it's all coming back to me now of what exactly what they were trying to tell me when I was a kid. And I realize now that I can't fix myself without help. I needed help because if I continued doing what I was doing, I was just going to rely on the alcohol to solve it, mm-hmm. which, it, which it would do the complete opposite. So at 30 years old, I check into a rehab, this time by myself, for myself. I check in and um, 30 years old, I check into a rehab, I go to a year-long place that's a Christian place, but it was the only long-term place I could find. Um, And uh, I tried it for a year. And uh, for a year, I stayed substance-free. I was on my medications. They made sure that I was medicated, and I made sure I was following protocol because I knew I needed to figure this out. Um, but after a year, I picked right back up where I started off, where I left off again. Okay. And um, this went on for a couple of years. I would try to stop, but I couldn't stop. And then when I was 33, this is the main thing. This will bring us into today, really. 33 years old. Um, I finally checked it. Well, where it started was I was living with my parents, um, and I was drinking nonstop. And they saw it, and they wanted me out. 
And uh, so they kicked me out of the house. And I was at a hotel room, a motel room. And I was there for about five weeks at this motel room where I was just drinking to pass out. That's all I was doing. I was waking up. I had a, we have an app out here where you can have alcohol delivered to you. So I was having that alcohol delivered to my motel room every morning, a 12 pack with a couple sleeves of nips. And I was just drinking to pass out. It got to the point where I finally had enough and I ordered cyanide. Um, okay. I had enough of it and I was ready. And I, I felt I could drink. And then when I drink, I'll take it and it'll all be done with. Mm. The problem is the cyanide never made it to the door. I don't know where it went. At the time, I didn't know where it went. Now I do know it went to my parents' house. Um, okay. It never showed up to the door. So that was, I tried a couple more times from a couple different websites, tried it again, and it didn't come to my door. Um, the next day, there was a taxi that was taking me to rehab. So I had tried three, three times to get this cyanide in me to end it. It didn't show up, and the taxi showed up on Friday morning, like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I downed a couple of nips, threw up, downed a couple more, and went off onto the taxi to the rehab. Mm. This was my final rehab so far. Hopefully this is it, knocking on wood. Um, 33 years old, I walk into rehab, into detox, and I know the whole deal. I've been here a few times already. This is my fifth stay at uh, this certain place. I know how it works, and I told them I needed long-term. So I ended up spending 11 months in rehab, going to three different rehabs that would take me to extend the period longer. Um, I ended up staying at all three rehabs as long as I could. It was 11 months. I haven't had a drink since that. That was August. My last drink was August 13th, 2021. My sober date, I say, is August 14th, because that's the first day I did not drink. Um, and it's, it's helped me a lot, but at the same time, I've had psychological issues, because the schizophrenia, the bipolar, the ADHD. And um, I've had to do a few hospital visits. Benjamin, um, we, I think we could do another part where we can talk about that, the psychosis. I think... Is we're, we're coming up the time now, um, so I think I think we'll do one more part where we can talk about your um, your psychosis, your psychotic experiences. Okay, but you, you know, man, you know, I'm yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's difficult talking about that. I can understand, but it's good that you did, um, and you know, props to you, man. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult situation. Um, you just got. You just got to keep focused on on your life, your life. I guess you know that's what I do. I focus on my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that's the important thing. I think it's. I think it's good too. Letting this all out there. Definitely. The definitely. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, we go through these experiences. So the value of them is when we talk about them. You know. Yes. Yes. And, there's, and if I can help 
one person make it through a psychosis, then I've done my part. I feel exactly. Exactly. because it can it can get it, when you're in it, you're in it, and that's the hard part to tell people for them to understand. If they've never experienced a psychosis, they don't understand the reality of the situation and the fact that it is reality at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It is my reality at that time, and. Um, it's hard to check yourself out of it without um, getting clear-minded, going back to slowing everything down and being able to comprehend exactly what's going on in your brain. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we can save that part. Yeah, we'll, got... we'll, we can talk about that next time. Uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, man, I just wish you the best and hope hope you, you stay strong, you know, um, I, I just I just wish you the best, man, because I know you've gone through a lot of of um, trauma in your life. Um, you understand yourself, you understand your personality type, um, which gives you insight insight into your actions. So you know, I just I just wish you all the best, man. Okay, listen. Let me. I'm gonna, what I want to you to do now is tell me some music. I think last time we played some funk music. Tell me another genre, and I'll. And I'll, I'll add some music. This is for the podcast uh, format. I add the music on. Okay, so we did we did Red Hot Chili Peppers last time. Yeah. So, um, do have you heard of a guy named Highly Suspect? What kind? What is that? Metal or something? Uh, it's kind. It's kind of rap. A little rap bit. Music. Not not like. I'll Google. I'll Google it, and then I'll try and find something similar. Okay. Let's go with that this time. Okay, nice one. Okay, so that, that's a wrap for this episode. I want to thank Benjamin for being so open and honest about his experiences. And these are difficult experiences to talk about. You know, it does require a digging deep um, to talk about it. So I, I hope um, uh, you consider that when you listen to these, these episodes. So thank you, Benjamin. And thank you, everyone, for listening. So that is the end of the episode today. Thank you.